You are Locked On Balls, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Balls, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here on today's show. More Tennessee football talk with the Vols coming out of the win against Kentucky on Saturday. There has been a lot of positivity in Big Orange Nation thanks to Tennessee's win this past weekend, and I would say rightfully so. Coming up on today's show here in the first couple of segments, I'm going to talk to Patrick Brown from Go Vols 247 and get his thoughts on Tennessee's turnaround this season, the leadership that has been shown, quarterback play, and what might happen at Missouri in a couple of weeks. An important game. If Tennessee wins that one, Tennessee has a really good shot to get to 7-5. and five. I'll get to that here in the first couple of segments. And then in segment number three, I'll work in some basketball as Tennessee will play tonight against Murray State. It is Tennessee's second game of the season before the Vols play Washington up in Toronto on Saturday. That's going to be a big game for Tennessee. So another opponent coming up, Murray State, probably a tougher challenge than Asheville, which was in town a week ago. So you'll hear from Rick Barnes and Olivier Kumwa. why I'm high on him. You'll hear him talking about what he's trying to learn, but also why he's confident that he can be a good player and learn what Rick Barnes is trying to teach him. That's all right here on Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Quick reminder that I will not have as many shows this week. My wife and I are expecting our second child here today, actually, so might be here by the time you listen to this show. So I, I won't have as many episodes this week. I'll try to get another one in before the weekends. If I don't, though, you'll know why. So uh, I, I appreciate you being here. Thanks to all the listeners who have helped spread the word to other Tennessee fans. Welcome new listeners as well. You can subscribe and listen anywhere you listen to podcasts. Locked on Vols, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I want to welcome to the show Patrick Brown. You can read his work at GoVols247.com. Patrick, I really appreciate the time. And if we had spent some time talking after the first four or five weeks of the season, it would have been a much different conversation, right? How do you explain how Tennessee has progressed to the point that it is now where Tennessee's five and five and a, a bowl looks like almost it looks almost like a sure thing for Tennessee? Yeah, you know, it's been it's been pretty impressive. I don't I don't think uh many people were, were thinking Tennessee could turn around like they have at, at 0 and two or at one and four. Uh, I'm not sure what uh, what happened during Tennessee's open day, but that kinda uh we've kind of seen a different team over the last six weeks um then we saw in the first four games of the season back in september i i don't know what happened i don't i don't know uh kind of what went on but uh seems there's some things that have, have kind of clicked and tennessee is um they, they've improved and more importantly they found results i mean I, I don't i don't think they played exceptionally well against kentucky uh jeremy pruitt did not sound like a coach that uh was was talking about a win when he he went on like a five or six minute opening statement the other night in Lexington, listing out all the things they did wrong and trying, you know, that could have cost them the game. And that, you know, maybe there's something to be said for Tennessee uh, winning a game that in the past it would have found a way to lose and then lost it. So um, they just kind of have grounded out a couple of results. The defense has, has played well. Um, certainly, I, you know, I think there's some teams that they take advantage of that aren't particularly great teams. I think that has to be said. But um, I think Tennessee has, has done a good job of sort of uh, getting its its feet back underneath it. Um, a lot of the players and coaches have talked about um, the team just sort of sticking to the plan and, and continuing to believe in each other and in the coaching staff. And um, it's it's started to um, pay dividends. And um, not that it's, as you mentioned, Josh, they're in a position now where uh, seven to five record is still on the table, and, and 
and they just need one game in these final two against Missouri and Vanderbilt to uh, to get to a bowl, which uh, I don't I, I don't know what the odds are on it at one and four, but uh, it, it certainly weren't wasn't great, and but yet they found a way to to get this thing going around and going in the right direction. Yeah, and you mentioned being on the same page. How much of that is is what we're seeing here? Like when you're talking to players, how much more comfortable do they seem with? what their roles are within the program, whether we're talking about leaders, guys that are, are the best players in the team or or others compared to either earlier this season or a year ago when you were talking to Tennessee football players? Well, I do think there's something to be said. And, and you know, for the first month of the season, I think a lot of the storyline was, you know, look at all these freshmen that are playing. You know, the future looks bright. Uh, but this turnaround really would have happened with a lot of the, the veterans that Tennessee has on this team uh, that uh, started to to play better, um, and I think that's something that, that Jeremy Pruitt said right after they lost to Florida is that they needed some of their better players to start playing better, and I think you've seen that. You've seen uh, Nigel Warrior has been a guy who's had sort of a rejuvenation. Daryl Taylor's been much more productive in the last six games. Um, Daniel Batuli, I think, is a guy that, you know, where would Tennessee be right now if he had played in the first two games? I think it's fair to wonder uh, how, you know, if, if Tennessee's not maybe potentially 7-3 and three right now, if, if he's not uh, kind of getting over that that knee injury and the and the surgery they had on it. Joe Garantano is is maybe the biggest X factor because um, he kind of looked uh, you know out of it. Didn't play well the first month of the season, um, but he's come in and he's played winning football in the last few games off the bench. I don't we we've been asked of so many different people, players and coaches. You know why is he so much better coming off the bench? And I don't think anybody really knows, but it's worked. Um, I think Tennessee staff and uh, and Jared as well both deserve credit for uh, getting that uh, getting that going in the right direction because you know I think that was a big reason why Tennessee struggled in the first part of the season with quarterback play and now they've managed to piece it together with uh, technically four different guys starting games um, and uh, until last uh, until the Kentucky game each of the four guys that had started a game including John Jennings they'd won one of those games which I don't I don't know how often that's probably happened uh, in college football so uh, and even the other night they start Brian Maurer, but you know they didn't like what some of the things he was doing. He looked rusty, and they bring Garantano off the bench. So uh, they're getting a lot of contributions from a lot of these veteran players that uh, deserve credit for sticking it out and um, and trying to get this thing going in the right direction. And uh, I think they sort of led the way. Um, you know, some of these guys aren't. You know, they're not first round NFL talents, but uh, they're good players that have. Uh, the lights will come on for them. They've, they've done a good job in sort of leading the way in terms of the buy-in. Uh, combine that with some of the younger guys that came in for this coaching staff, and uh, and you get a team that's going in the right direction and believes in uh, in, in each other and believes in the coaching staff, and um, you're starting to sort of see the results pan out. I mean, I, I think Jeremy Pruitt has said all along that he's liked how this team works. He likes um, the way this team prepares, and um, that I think that maybe for a lot of people in the program was one of the most frustrating parts of the poor start to the season was uh, that they were not playing like they were practicing and not playing like they were preparing. And now uh, they've, they've continued and, and stayed the course and uh, they've been able to get some results to sort of back up and, and validate what they've been doing during the week. Patrick Brown, GoVols247.com. Have you spent much time thinking about what it means beyond the season? Because you do still have the rest of this season to cover but Tennessee also has to replace Batuli, Jennings, Callaway, uh, several other guys, Trey Smith likely to to leave to take a shot at the NFL. So have you thought about what it might set Tennessee up for in the future as younger players will have to play bigger roles moving forward? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You know, this this team doesn't have um, 
a lot of a lot of seniors that are contributing. I think there's only uh, maybe 13 scholarship seniors on the roster, if I'm remembering correctly, and not you know maybe half of them are playing. There's a few of them that'll like could potentially come back next season with Brandon Johnson redshirting and Emmett Good being uh, out. Bailey Buchanan's another guy that's been out with an injury that wants to come back, and you know, we'll see what happens there. Um, you, you throw Brandon Kennedy in there; he's only been here for two years, and I guess the, the option of a, having a six year is on the table for him. Um, so you know it's not uh, that they're going to be losing necessarily a large quantity of players, but uh, the quality of players that they're going to lose. You know, you mentioned you know Jawan Jennings has been the heart and soul of this team all season. Marquez Calloway's come on um, and has had a couple of big games recently. They're going to miss his. Uh, ability on the perimeter, they're going to miss um, Batuli and Warrior guys that have uh, been really important to sort of this defensive resurgence here of late. Um, they're they're going to have to replace all those guys, and 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 yeah, they're going to lose some important players, and that's where um, you know recruiting comes in, and you got to you got to stack recruiting classes on it. I, you know, it's too early to know who's going to be some of the direct replacements for a lot of these guys, but. Um, certainly, if those guys do their part in helping Tennessee finish the season strong, uh, I believe this coaching staff has enough confidence in their ability as recruiters and their ability their ability to uh, evaluate and develop talent that they'll be able to sell that. And um, you know, I don't know what Tennessee's recruiting class is going to end up ranked uh, when it's all said and done in, in December and then in February. And uh, I'm not sure that the staff really cares. Just they're kind of just wired to um, to trust their evaluations and trust their uh, ability to. Uh, uh, to develop guys, which we've seen. So, um, yeah, they've got some questions to, to answer after this season, um, and, and I don't know what what those clear cut answers are going to be. Um, but that's you know that's part of the natural uh, deal of college football is you know you lose guys every year, you got to replace them, um, and Tennessee's going to have to develop some guys that maybe don't have a lot of experience. But uh, again, the staff believes in, in the way they develop players. They believe that you know, how much uh, kind of the way they practice where particularly in the spring and during the preseason with when guys are getting a lot of reps, uh, even guys that don't have a lot of playing experience know the system. Uh, they've been developed in, term, in terms of the strength and conditioning, uh, so they've improved there, and then they, they're kind of just able to plug in and, and play. Now it's it's not quite – you know, Tennessee's not going to be able to just plug in guys like, like Alabama and some of these other, you know, some of the elite programs can uh, until they get some, some, some more recruiting classes in here, but – uh, that's just part of the part of the deal, um, and so they're going to have uh, to answer some of those questions after the season. But uh, I think uh, I don't think Tennessee would be where it is right now at five and five, having won four of the last five without a lot of these guys. And um, and, and for some of these seniors that could have started thinking about their own futures in football, it's it's an, it's a credit to them, and it's impressive that they decided to stick it out and keep playing hard and keep sort of kind of showing the way. And, and the staff certainly will be uh, grateful that they've done that. A few more minutes with Patrick coming up. We'll talk about Jarrett Garantano and what might happen with the Tennessee-Missouri game coming up next week. Tennessee versus Missouri, a 7.30 kickoff in Columbia, Missouri. I'll get to that next on Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, you can listen on your smart speaker at home. Just tell it to play podcast, Locked On, V-O-L-S. Just spell it out. Play podcast, Locked On, V-O-L-S. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. 
From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Patrick Brown, GoVols247.com. What do you make of how the last several weeks have gone for Jarrett Garantano after the first month of the season, which was such a disappointment? And do you have an idea what Tennessee does at quarterback in the final two games of the season? Yeah, I'll, I'll start with the second question. We don't really know how Tennessee's going to play it because, uh, you know, I think Garantano's played winning football for you off the bench these last few games. But uh, I do think they might think that Brian Maurer is, is their best quarterback now. Uh, I thought Maurer sort of looked like a freshman, looked rusty. Don't think he started the field well uh, against Kentucky. Don't think he uh, made some of the right reads in terms of where to go with the football and uh, should he hand it off, should he throw it with some of the RPO stuff. Uh, and that's why they pulled him. And, you know, was that Russ? Was that an experience he hadn't played in a couple weeks? So that, you know, that was a, um, you know, they made a, a big decision there and it paid off. Um, I, I, I you know, I think Garantano perhaps has deserved the chance to start, but is that the role that you want to put him in when uh, that's not the role that he's maybe done the best in this season? So, uh, if I had to pick, I'd probably you know stick with Mauer as your starter, and you know if if he struggles or if he's not doing what you you want to see from him, uh, then then you can always go kind of to the bullpen, to the bench, however you want to call it. Garantano, the sixth man, whatever you know, whatever it is. Um, but uh, but yeah, for 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 Garantano, I I I mean personally, I've I've I don't know how you don't have a lot of respect for for the guy just for all he's been through, and, it, and of course it's it's fair to say and, and worth mentioning that a lot of what he's been through has sort of been from his own creation, from some of the mistakes that he made uh, in, during Tennessee's start to the season and uh, and how much he struggled. But uh, you know, it would have been really really easy for him um, at the start of October uh, to you know. Look for out, look out for his own future, and decide. You know, once they said, once they determined that they were going to go with Maurer, and then he lost his job to say, "Hey, I'm going to be a grad transfer in 2020. I'm going to sit out the rest of the season so I don't subject myself to, to more physical punishment uh, or risk an injury or anything like that, and, and try to start fresh uh, next season." It would have been really easy for him to do that, and uh, Tennessee's coaches have, have behind the scenes continued to express their belief in him. Pruitt, I think, has handled it really well publicly in terms of. Uh, continuing to sort of offer a, a defense and come out publicly and support Garantano. And uh, I think all those things have helped Jarrett sort of stay the course. And um, I think he deserves some credit too for having the fortitude to kind of stick it out. And and even after all this, and even after what happened at Alabama, where he had the, you know, the biggest mistake of the game that everybody saw. And obviously he took a lot of heat for that too. Um, he, he put that behind him, apologized to the team, apologized to the coaches and, uh, has continued to stay ready. Um, and then, you know, playing with one hand the last two weeks too, I think, um, you know, I think that says a lot about him because it's another situation where if he's considering his future at the same time too, if you have that, why would you continue to play with, with that situation with, with your hand being broken and, and try, trying to play with one hand? But um, I think that's another example of just kind of how much he, uh, how much he cares and how much he, you know, he, he wants to be good. And, and I think some of the reaction you saw from his teammates after the game, after he had that scramble against Kentucky to sort of ice the game, I think that says a lot about uh, how his peers view him. And I think that speaks louder than uh, any any criticism that he's gotten throughout the season. And so um, I, I think it's a, a pretty good story. And 
Uh, I think he deserves a lot of credit and the staff deserves a lot of credit for kind of sticking with him and for him for, for sticking it out when uh, in this day and age of the transfer portal, it would have been easy, really easy for him to look out for himself uh, and maybe focus on what was going to be next for him. Yeah, I agree with you. Patrick Brown, Go Vols 247, before you go, uh, I've been trying to figure out what to think of the Missouri game, and we have two weeks to think about it almost. Missouri, <laughs> Missouri plays against Florida at, at home, and Missouri at home has been better. Kelly Bryant, let's see if he plays. But, uh, Patrick, my answer has been I don't know what to think of the Tennessee-Missouri game yet, so I'll ask you, what do you think of the Tennessee-Missouri game? Uh, I, I don't know what to think of it either. Uh, it's just because Missouri, um, I mean, you look at their schedule going into the season, you look at the roster that they had, um, and you're thinking at this point they should be 8-0, frankly, with, with some of the, the players that they have. Um, they have a really big offensive line. They had a lot coming back on defense. Kelly Bryant was sort of going to be a plug-and-play guy of, of a different guy. He's not going to be Drew Locke, and, and he's not. Um, but then, you know, you, you thought they had you know good offensive line, a lot of skill talent coming back. I thought they potentially had the second best roster in the East, uh, just because Florida's Florida's roster is kind of uh, it's 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 you know I think Mullen down there is, is sort of maybe outplaying what what they've got down there in terms of, of talent, but uh, and they've just been the past three past three games they've just been awful. Um, they, they opened the season with a loss at Wyoming, which is bad, but then they bounced back and um, I think went five five straight games at home, scoring thirty four plus points I think in all those games and. Kind of had it rolling, and then they, you know, they lose to Vanderbilt, uh, lose to Kentucky handily. Georgia shuts them out with, you know, with a backup quarterback, and uh, I think Kelly Bryant got hurt um, at some point in October. Uh, he's played through some injuries, but you know, he's not been um, healthy, and when, uh, I think it's a hamstring injury, so maybe he's not able to run around as much, and that's, you know, that takes away an element of their offense. Defensively, they lost uh, Kel Garrett, who I think had over 100 tackles the past two seasons, so. Uh, it's a really tough team to read for for Tennessee's purposes. Obviously, I think Brian is a big question mark, um, but this is still a team that's played pretty well at home and will be playing its final home game of the season for a, a senior class that's been through a lot and accomplished a lot. And um, if Brian is playing and is remotely healthy, then I still think that's a, a team that can put up some points and um, can be a little bit more uh, two dimensional than some of the offenses Tennessee's played uh, over this stretch where they played good ball, but. You know, Tennessee's defense is playing really well right now, and, and I think Pruitt is, has shown just, you know, it's a small sample size, but open date going before the Auburn game last year and the open date going before the Georgia game this year. Uh, Tennessee's got a, a, a brief, but uh, the track record is still there of them coming out of open date playing pretty well. So uh, I'm interested to see what the line on that game is going to be when it gets released. But uh, I think it's certainly a game Tennessee can win, um, but they got to play better than, uh, than even they have in these last couple games. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Jeremy Pruitt would agree with that as well, and he, he's probably going to tell us that a few times between now and Tennessee's game against Missouri. You can read Patrick's coverage of what's going on with Tennessee at GoVols247.com. You can follow him on Twitter at PBrown247. Patrick, good stuff. I appreciate you taking so much time to join me here today, and uh, we'll hopefully talk again sometime soon. All right. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate it, man. Before I close out this segment, one more thought on the veterans who have helped lead the way with Tennessee's football team. I talked about this on Monday's episode, and I talked about Daniel Batuli as one of those guys who has helped. I want you to hear something he said after the game on Saturday, talking about the disappointing start to the season, but how Tennessee continued to work to get better and look at the results. Listen to what Daniel Batuli said, talking about the team staying together and improving over these last couple of months. We're resilient. We're a family. You know, when the, when the world was against us at the start of the season, uh, we, we stayed close. We motivated each other. 
we say in each other's uh, ears, just uh, just trying to get guys' heads up. And because of that, uh, we're getting the outcome that we're getting right now. We're winning games. And uh, in order to win these next next two games that are coming up, we got to do the same thing. Just follow Coach Pruitt's lead. He knows what he's doing. We all know his track record, record and we plan on doing that. Tennessee linebacker Daniel Batuli. Look at the results with Tennessee buying in and the players and the coaches appearing to be on the same page. And Daniel's right. They do need to still close out these final couple of games. But I think the Vols have a really good chance to do that in a positive way. Thought you'd like to hear that from Daniel Batuli. Coming up next, Rick Barnes, Olivier Kumwa, and Tennessee getting ready for Murray State tonight. I'll get to that next on Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source for what's going on with your favorite teams every day. Manscaped is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. One other note on Daniel Batuli. He was named the SEC Defensive Player of the Week on Monday for his performance on Saturday. Not a surprise, I know, but 19 tackles. That's three straight weeks that Tennessee has had a Defensive Player of the Week. It was Bryce Thompson last week and Daniel Batuli two weeks ago. He's been a beast for Tennessee on the defensive side, and I would expect that to continue here in the final few games for the Vols in the 2019 season as Daniel looks to close out his Tennessee career, which has been a good one on a really strong note. Tennessee's basketball team will be back in action coming up tonight against Murray State. Murray State is a quality basketball program that went to the NCAA tournament a year ago and has to replace John Morant, But Murray State's a quality team. It's ranked just outside the top 100 by Ken Palm. So I think a pretty good test for Tennessee heading into the second game of the season. The Vols will play Murray State at 9 o'clock. You can see the game on the SEC Network. And I'm sure that this past week, Rick Barnes talked a lot to his team about taking better care of the basketball. The Vols have been too sloppy on offense in the first two games, the exhibition and then the opener last week against Asheville. And Rick Barnes was very hard on his senior guards, Lamonte Turner and Jordan Bowden, and he's going to continue to challenge those guys while also saying to the the big guys, John Fulkerson, who's a fourth-year player starting in the post, Eve Pons, who's a third-year player, and then newcomers, Olivier Kumwa, Devontae Gaines. They're going to continue to play important roles for Tennessee that they're going to need to step up and help score and, of course, play good defense. And I thought in this segment, I'd let you hear something that Rick Barnes said about one of the freshmen, Olivier Kumwa, and then how Olivier responded after the game against Asheville. First, hear Rick Barnes talking about Olivier and some of the things he needs to work on, and then you'll hear Olivier talk about that afterward. Well, he's young, and you know what? He's, he's, very, he's a very explosive athlete that hasn't learned how to use it yet. He, he's, uh, the game's got to slow down for him. But he's a guy that can truly play above the rim. He's, he's a terrific offensive rebounder. Uh, he's got to learn to uh, – the biggest thing I think he's going to have to learn is he can't stand back and lane like he did in high school when guys are sometimes going to have five guys on the perimeter. He's giving up too much separation, and he's slow reacting. He's going to have to learn to do his work early, away from the ball. Uh, he can move his feet. Uh, Olivier can shoot the ball. He's just got to slow down. The same with Josiah. Those guys have got to slow down. And I know that once uh, Olivier gets settled down and learns to play in tight space, he's going to be a terrific scorer. I, I know that about him. Rick Barnes with some pretty strong praise for what Olivier Kumwa could become. As Rick has said, he just needs time. And, and I buy in. I, I think Olivier can be a really good player for Tennessee. Listen to what 
Kumwa said after the game when he was asked about what Rick had just said there, and uh, I'll get to a follow-up as well when he talks about the way Rick Barnes coaches. I think you'll enjoy hearing this from Tennessee freshman forward Olivier Kumwa. Yeah, uh, he's on me a lot about playing in tight spaces. I, I'm used to being able to just use the whole court and move coast to coast and just like in a wide area of space, people moving out of my way. But now people aren't moving out of my way. They're collapsing on me, so I need to be faster but not rushed, lower, stronger, and then be able to get up over people in that two feet. That's what you're always telling me, two feet of space. Just one strong step and then rise over people with my athleticism and just make sure I don't flop around or travel especially, but just being able to play in small small spaces. It's like very important. Is that difficult? Do you think that's going to be a tough adjustment? It's new, but I don't think it's going to be anything that I can't do. It's new, but I think I can handle it. And I think as the year goes by and I get more reps at practice and in games, I'll be good with it. What do you think of the brutal honesty from Rick and the way he coaches? It's great. That's why I'm here. My dad is like that. I love coaches like that. It's great. When, when a coach tells you exactly what you need to hear, that's when you know that he has your best, like he has your best in his mind. Like he wants you to get better. If he's going to sugarcoat something, then you're not going to understand what you did wrong. Like if I screw something up, then I need to know what I messed up. It can't be, oh, you know, you'll be better next play. Like, no, this is something that is unacceptable and you can't do it. So I love the fact that he's honest with us. Obviously, some days, you know, I'm going to be a bit bummed out because he said something. But when you think about it afterwards, it's the coaches told us it's not the uh, volume, it's the message. It's not how he's saying it, it's what he's saying. So even if he's yelling at your face and it sounds bad because he's yelling, there's a message behind it. There's a reason why he's saying it. And once you understand that message, you'll be better for it. Pretty impressive there, isn't he? When I talked to Olivier after he committed to Tennessee, when he was still a prospect, his maturity stood out to me then, and it did last week when he was meeting with the media after his first college basketball game, at least regular season game. So I'm a stockholder. I've said that on Sports 180 as well. I'm a stockholder in Olivier Kumwa. I think he's going to be a good player down the line for Tennessee's basketball team, and he's a guy that's going to make an impact right away. He is already playing important minutes for Tennessee's basketball team right now. So Tennessee versus Murray State coming up at 9 o'clock tonight. How about the Lady Vols? Big road win against ranked Notre Dame last night. That's a nice start for Kelly Harper with the Lady Vols basketball team. That is going to do it for Locked on Vols today. I really appreciate you being here. Remember, shorter week. There might be another show later this week, but I cannot promise that right now as we have uh, other stuff to tend to. But I thought the timing worked out okay. It is the bye week for Tennessee. I'll for sure be back next week covering what's going on with Tennessee. In the meantime, keep spreading the word to Tennessee fans about Locked on Vols, keeping up with what's going on with the Tennessee football team. Jeremy Pruitt will meet with the media on Wednesday, so there will be some activity with Tennessee's football team, a little bit of practice time, a little bit of media availability, and I'd say a lot of rest as well before Missouri week begins next week. Thanks again for hanging out here today. I'll see you next time on Locked on Balls.